You are listening to the Manifesting God podcast with your host, Marie Elizabeth. This podcast will uplift and thrust you into the manifestation of the promises of God in your life. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining the Manifesting God podcast. I am your host, Prophetess Marie Elizabeth. Thank you again for joining on this Monday evening. Guess what? If you know what I'm about to say, if you're alive, you're under the sound of my voice. God has indeed kept you. God has healing you. God is restoring you. God is giving you uh, those things that you need in order to to grow even more into his likeness, into his image, into his stature, whereof we are glad we receive all that God has for us. We receive everything that God has in store for us to mature us what into purpose it's about purpose it's about fulfilling the will of god in our lives now let's get started get over to first timothy get over to first timothy uh just to give you a little bit of an introduction when you think about first timothy and that uh what's happening there is in that first chapter there's a correction going on there's a correction going on of the false teaching. And then we get to chapter two and he's talking about the necessity of prayer. And he's talking about instructing the women in the things of God. And then you get to verse three and he's and he's uh, talking about the qualifications of the overseers, of the deacons. And then you get to chapter four. He's talking about apostasy, backing away from that which we've been taught. And then he talks about how we should honor those that don't have uh, spouses, honoring the widows. And then in verse four, he disciplines the ministers. He's talking about a discipline that they should have about their everyday lives in order to maintain their relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And then when you get to chapter five, he starts talking about the elders in that latter verse, beginning at verse 17. And that's where we're going to begin at today, chapter five, and we're going to begin at verse uh, 17. But before we read those uh, verses, I want to be clear. Paul here, he's talking about the church. And I want to be clear that it's me that I want to talk to you as an individual so that you can understand how these scriptures relate to you. That's our job. We we read the scriptures and we get understanding about how the scriptures relate to our lives, how it can help us to guide our lives, help us to understand God's expectations. So we want to talk about how these scriptures relate to you and how they work in your personal life and thereby affect the church as a whole as we know it. See, because the understanding begins with us as individuals. Our choices now are starting to affect the church, the choices that we make at home, those one-on-one decisions that we make for our individual lives are affecting the church as a whole, the body of Christ as a whole. We have to be clear that our choices are about more than us. Whether you're a leader or not, in this scripture, he's talking to the leaders. Whether you're a leader or not, If you talk, if you speak, if you collaborate, we all do it. We all do it with other people. And uh, we must understand how their choices may be affecting our choices. See, I've learned that it's not necessarily the opinionated people that have all the impact. See, because we can hear them coming and we can brace ourselves for that impact and we can guard ourselves against that impact. But it's those, it's those, it's those not so easy uh 
conversations that we're having. It's those even in some cases, easy conversations that we're having. And we take that influence and we give that influence position in our lives. And once we give it position in our lives, now it can influence another. So we allow that which has been established by God, its importance, its relevance to our relationship with God to usurp the foundation that by which we even exist and that which uh, stabilizes, that which ensures, that which solidifies our relationship with Christ. So as we read through these scriptures, I'll be uh, sharing with you what God shared with me to understand how we are, are, are responsible in a sense, to lead our lives, to take control of what we allow in our space, what we allow in our ears that's reaching our hearts, that's now affecting the body of Christ. So in 1 Timothy 5 and uh, 17, and this is the King James Version. In the King James Version, it says in verse 17, chapter 5, 1 Timothy, the elders who perform their leadership duties are to be considered worthy of double honors. Financial support is referring to, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching the word of God concerning eternal salvation through Christ. For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle the ox while it is treading out the grain to keep it from you know, eating. And the worker is worthy of his wages. He deserves fair compensation. Do not accept an accusation against an elder unless it is based on the testimony of at least two or three witnesses. Verse 20, as for those elders who continue to sin, reprimand them in the presence of all the congregation so that the rest will be warned. Verse 21 says, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and in Christ and of his chosen angels that you guard and keep these rules without bias, doing nothing out of favoritism. Lay hands subtly on no man, neither be a partaker uh, of another of other men's sins. Keep thyself pure. Drink no longer water, verse 23 says, but use a little wine for the stomach's sake and thine often infirmities. Verse 24 says, some men's sins are open beforehand, going before to judgment, and some men they follow after. Now I'm going to read verses 22 to 24 in the amplified version. Verse 22 says, do not hurry to lay hands on anyone, ordaining and approving someone for ministry or an office in the church or in reinstating expelled offenders and thereby share in the sins of others. Highlight that. Keep yourself free from sin. And it tells you how. Don't be in a hurry laying hands on anyone. Right. And then it says, I'm going down to verse 24 in the amplified version. The sins of some people <clears throat> are conspicuous, leading the way for them into judgment so that they are clearly not qualified for ministry. But the sins of others appear later where they are hidden and they follow behind them. And in the international version in chapter uh, verse 22, it says, and do not share in the sins of others. Keep yourself pure. One more, the message version. In verses 21 to 23, it says, God and Jesus and angels all back me up in these instructions. Carry them out without favoritism, taking without taking sides, don't appoint people to church leadership positions too hastily. If a person is involved in some serious sins, you don't want to become an unwitting accomplice. In any event, Keep a close check on yourself and don't worry too much about what the critics say. Go ahead and drink a little wine, for instance, for it's good for your digestion, good medicine for all that ails you. I want to talk to you about, uh, about in 1 Timothy in the message version in verse 21 through 23, where it says, where it says, 
don't appoint people to church leadership positions too hastily. If a person is involved in some serious sins, you don't want to become an unwitting accomplice. We want to talk, talk to you a little bit about that tonight. So we're talking about the unwitting accomplice, the unwitting accomplice, the unwitting accomplice. And when we look at this scripture, like I said, Paul is talking to Timothy and he's talking to leaders. He's talking to leaders. But I want you to consider something for a moment, because remember, we're talking about you, the individual. You are the leader of you. You control what you decide to be a part of. You control who you decide to be around. You control, you make the decisions for you. You make the decisions for you. I like to liken um, a leader versus to one versus one who um, follows that lead, who is a follower as a person being um, grown, let's say it like that, or being an adult. See, because the world has standards by which they call you an adult. 21 years and over, you're an adult. You can do this. You can do that. You have access to this, access to that. And how many of you know when we were 21 years old, some, some, somewhere down that line, we figured out we weren't ready for what we thought we were ready for. If you're 21 right now, you're probably looking around like, yeah, it's a, it's a bit. This adulting thing is a lot. And sometimes you revert back if your parents are available and become that child because it's easier to be that child than it is to be an adult. It's easier to let them make the decision for you and be responsible for that decision than it is for you to be responsible for that decision. But see, that's the world's point of view, that you're an adult if you're over a certain age. Now, what I've noticed over the years is that there's a difference in being an adult and being grown. I found that folks who are grown, that are matured, are people that um, can stand back and take in the whole picture and make a decision make an intelligent decision, make a decision based on all the moving pieces and all the components and make the best decision for everyone. That would be that person that you could compare to as a leader. They can make the best decision. Even if you don't like it, you realize if you're grown that that decision is the best that that's the best case scenario for what is uh, being dealt with in that moment. Whereas sometimes what the world might call an adult, that 21 year and uh, 21 year and older, that they make an adult because of their age, just simply based on their age, they're not always willing to make the uncomfortable decision. They're not always willing to do the uncomfortable thing. They're not always willing to do things that don't have a direct impact and benefit to them. Whereas the person that's grown, that's making the decision for, for that, they understand that their decision affects more than them. So they tend to make decisions outside of the box, decisions that uh, that can work for everyone in time. Might get tough for a moment or so, but it's going to work for everyone in time. They consider the whole. They don't always, they're not always building everything around how it's going to benefit them. They're building their decision, their thought process is considering everything that's at the table, how to utilize everything that's at the table, everyone's skill set, and, and how to best move that organization, move that body, move that team forward. It's always bigger than just them. They make the hard decisions. They make decisions that sometimes leave them in the uncomfortable place, but they're making it based on the fact that if I do it this way, then everybody's going to be able, you might have to come over on pieces of board, but everybody's going to make it to land. Everybody's going to make it. So we want to be we want to be mindful that we are leaders of our own lives. And each of us is going to have a different path to take. Each of us is going to have a different road to take that's going to solidify us 
as being that leader of our lives. Each of us are going to come to a point in time where we're going to have to make decisions that we don't want to make, decisions that may leave us uncomfortable, that may leave us vulnerable, that we uh, wish that we were in that predicament. But for the whole, it is the better decision to make. So accept today that you, even though Paul here is talking to Timothy, be clear, you are the leader of your life. You don't get to blame anyone else for your choices. You don't get to blame, especially the choices that you knew you were making when you were making them. See, we're going to find out here that there are times when situations present themselves and uh, you don't have all the facts. As uh, Paul says here, the sins in verse 24 and 25 of some people, they're blatant. And they march them right into court. The sins of others don't show up to much later. The same with good deeds. Some you see right off, but none are hidden forever. And then he says in the living uh, New Living Translation, the sins of some people are obvious, leading them to certain judgment. But there are others whose sins will not be revealed until later. So that suggests that every interaction <clears throat> that I have every relationship that I enter into. I have to leave time. That tells me that there is time, space that's going to happen where things might show up that I didn't know right off the bat. And I have to be open to seeing what I didn't see immediately with with that which didn't show up till later, that which was hidden in a moment but it's exposed as we continue in that relationship. See, because we're, we, don't, we don't want to enter hastily into relationships. We don't want to enter hastily into, into, um, into collaboration or into, um, well, let me go into this definition and then you'll see what I'm talking about. When I talk about the unwitting accomplice, when we're talking about the unwitting accomplice, Unwitting is defined as without being aware. Unknowing in the Greek, it is defined as being unconscious. This word in the Hebrew is referenced in Deuteronomy 19 and 4 as one who uh, kills unintentionally, without malice, without a forethought. So how many of us can think back to things that we allow to or people or places or times and moments that we allowed ourselves to be influenced not even understanding, not with no particular or forethought. We weren't looking for it. We were literally in that moment unconscious and just open to new, to that new relationship, to that new collaboration. But see, we go down and we understand that accomplice is defined as one who helps or joins another in per se a crime. The word is associated with someone who aids another who collaborates with another, who is an accessory to another, one who knowingly, voluntarily, or intentionally aids another. In the Bible, it is one who cooperates with another, perhaps in wrongful activity. It's referenced in Proverbs 29 when it says, the accomplices of thieves are their own enemies. They are put under oath and dare not to testify. This scripture is tucked between the Proverbs that talk about pride and that talk about fear. They're tucked between the two scriptures that talk about pride and that talk about fear. So when you think of an accomplice or you think of that particular role as being an unwitting accomplice, it's it's funny, but when I look at those two definitions, it's almost like those words contradict each other because one is telling me I knew what was going on. And the other one is telling me, the unwitting is telling me that I'm not aware. I didn't know what was going on, but accomplice is telling me that I had some kind of idea. It, you know, it unwitting applies that I'm unaware, yet the word accomplice implies with words like accessory, uh, being unaware, 
but knowingly and intentionally a person being fully aware. If I'm an accomplice, I'm fully aware of what is going on, but, but yet unwitting means I'm unconscious. I'm unconscious. This tells me, this is my interpretation. This is Marie. My, this is Prophetess Kenyon's interpretation that time, time, had, I might have entered in one way, but as I allowed myself to see, I began to understand what was actually unfolding. Come on, we've all seen the movie where the person gets into the car, their friends are saying, come on, let's go, we're going for a ride. They get into the car and end up in front of a bank and they throw in the, the person that had no clue what was going on, uh, a mask, they're telling him, you're gonna stay out here and when we come out, you're gonna drive us off. They had no clue when they got in that that's what was going to happen but they were aware of some of the, the, the things that those particular friends had done in the past. They were aware, but they never thought that they would be there. And in that situation, come on, have you ever felt that before? Have you ever met someone and you were in one place when you met them and you knew a little bit about them, but you never thought that down the road, it would be this, it would be that, that thing that 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 interrupts your relationship with God that thing that uh that disrupts or, or digs into and digs up the foundation that you've established with God so we have to be very careful because we our we are the leaders of our own lives we alone hold the choice for our own lives so we have to take the time to inspect inspect that which uh enters into our life whether it be uh you know go for the now the simple now the person place or thing inspect those things that you come in contact with and be sure that it is something that is founded under in in the lord jesus christ just as you are and allow time to tell you their story allow time to tell you if that relationship is going to continue because relationship yes yeah, stay with me i'm going somewhere relationship is important to god christ died so that we could have relationship with him so simple god took himself put it in flesh birthed it through a woman just so that we could have a choice to talk to him today just so we could be granted the choice if we wanted to to talk to him today to learn more about him today to get closer to him today and then you have the, like the Holy Spirit, he comes and he solidifies that relationship with knowledge if we study. If we commit to that relationship with Christ, then we give the Holy Spirit something to work with, something that he can build on, build that foundation of that relationship. And within the context of that relationship is a plan that's good. It was established by God to give us a future and a hope. Within the same context of that relationship, Christ ascended and he, the same Christ, I'm sorry, that descended, ascended, he gave gifts unto man they, to mature the body of Christ. Those gifts, the apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist, the Bible tells us he, he ascended and he gave those gifts unto man so that they could mature in the body of Christ. Within the context of that same relationship, as a maturing body of Christ, we grow into the stature of Jesus Christ. Part of that growth is being able to walk in unity with each gift drawing on, pulling from the other. Again, regenerating more of the same relationship. Within the context uh -huh, of that relationship, we live. We don't die. We live so that we can declare the works of the Lord. Everything that we need. Everything that we are is in the context of our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So we can't be so quick, 
so quick. Paul was saying here, don't come into agreement, you know, with their sin by laying hands on them. You know, for us in our daily lives, laying hands is shaking hands, coming into agreement, coming into treaty with. Remember, we talked about that with um with uh we talked about that when they came out of the wilderness and we talked about Joshua making that agreement with his enemies and God told him not to make any agreement but he didn't think that they were their enemies and they didn't even take the time to ask God who they were to inquire of God if they should come into treaty with the Gideons. It's the same thing with us. We enter into relationships without taking the time to ask God. And it only takes a second to ask God. I'm telling you, I can look right at you and go, God, and he'll say, yeah, go. Or he'll say, no, back up. Real quick, it doesn't require you. You don't need an explanation for everything. Sometimes God will say go. Sometimes God will say you can go for in that relationship. Sometimes he says, no, let it go. And he's willing to answer you just as quick as you're willing to ask him. And so we got to be careful not to come into agreement with folks so quickly that it disturbs our, our entire foundation of our relationship. And then our context is off then how we see God is off. Then how we value and see our relationship with God, all of it's off. See, the example at a high level, you know, um, let me go back. Everything we do is in the context of a building relationship because God values relationship. Think of everything you would need to build a project. There is consideration towards the problem you are solving, uh, to the customer themselves, who's going to purchase the product. There's intricacies of creating and developing the product. Who makes the product? Who provides the best quality for the product? There are instructions. So there's writers for the product. How the product is going to be marketed. You need insurance. You need attorneys. You need accountants. You develop a production program around the product so that the next product can follow the model that you just built. Follow the same task. Follow the same timeline. It's, it's all based on the previous relationships that you built. How is it that the world can understand the value of relationships when they build the products that they built, but we say we're of Christ and we don't understand relationship. We are still walking around. I see it online all day, every day. When I look, when I look, I see it on there. Everyone thinks they can do what they're going to do in God alone. God has not built us to operate alone. He built us to operate in unity. Each gift joined together, each joint is going to supply the next joint. You're going to live because I'm in place. The person to the left of me is going to live because I'm in place. I'm going to live because they're in place. The person to the right of me is going to live because I'm in place. They're going to, I'm going to live because they're in place. We need each other's gifts, each other's purpose feeds the next person's purpose. I told you all the story before, now that I've entered into music as an artist, I'm not trying, I can play. Do you not know that my producer, I just told him that last week and he's been knowing me now a good year. And I just told him that I can play. It's you know, insane because that's not my job. I play so that I can know my notes. I play so that I can know uh, my chords for the songs that I write. I don't play so that I can play for a production. That's not my job. That's his job. If I if I try to tell him how to do his job and he knows instrumentation far better than I, I would have some, I wouldn't have the quality of music that I have today with the songs that I write because I crossed over and started trying to tell him how to do his job or I crossed over and crossed him out and tried to do his job. My job as the person that writes the music and the person that sings the song is to Find people whose destiny aligns with something of that nature. His aligns with production. I have another one, Adrian. Hello. His aligns with engineering, and he's an artist in his own right. 
everyone has a place in the body and I respect their place. And it doesn't even mean that every song I write, I have to sing. If there's another artist that can minister that song and get that message across better than me, then I'm willing to let them sing that song. Because why? It's bigger than me. I'm grown. It's bigger than me. I'm a leader. It's bigger than me. It's always going to be bigger than you can conceive. So if I thought about this, if I thought that it's bigger than me and I have to allow and uh, people that have the destiny in the areas that I do not to walk with me, not behind me, but with me, if I have to, if I'm going to allow them to walk with me, if I am going to, then that means that I appreciate what they bring to the table and their joint is supplying my joint and my joint is supplying their joint. And we are all working together because it's bigger than us. Now imagine, I was getting ready to say this. If I can conceive that much, it's even bigger than that. Because God does far more than we can ask or think. So if I thought of that, that means it's bigger than even that. So imagine how much you're holding or tying God's hands because you want to make it about you. Imagine how much you're tying God's hand because you want to do it alone. So everyone that God would send, I'm telling you, I'm cautioning you. If you, if you're going to keep this mindset that I can do it by myself, or I'm going to do it by myself, then God won't send you no help. He's not going to, he don't send I and me help. He sends us help. He says a team help. He don't send I in me because that's not his language. He, I am that I am only belongs to God. It don't belong to us. We are not I. We are we. We are us. We are us. We work together to fulfill, to lift up, to magnify, but to point men to the Lord Jesus Christ, not to us not to us. We have to be very careful in this season that we're in where God is uh, changing things and making things in a way that we've never seen before. We have to be real careful when we're comfortable with our actions. At this point in time in my life, I question anything that seems normal to me. I question my behaviors of things I've done before because I know that it's time to grow up. God is requiring more. So I understand that there are some things that I won't be able to take with me where I'm going and I'm, and I'm being charged to let those things go. So uh, pay attention to your words. Pay attention to the way you handle things, the way you handle people, the way you do things. If that's the way you always do it, and then you sit down to do it that same way again, stop and ask God, is that the way you want me to do that now? Do you, is that the way you want? I know you wanted it before. But until until now, that was good. But do you still want it that way? And I promise you, he'll answer you because a lot of things that we're doing, God doesn't want it that way anymore. A lot of the ways that we handle things, God doesn't want us handling it that way anymore. I ran into something um, a while back and I have a uh, my best girlfriend. We went through it together and she was on one end of it and I was on the other end of it. And when I say that, I mean that I'm the type, I'm very confrontational. I will fight, 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 fight. And God was like, you're not going to fight. You're going to pack it up and you're going to walk away. And that was killing me. It took me, it took me a few years to wrap my brain around it. I was like, no, I'm going I'm to fight this. You're not going to treat me. You're not going to. And I wanted to fight, 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 fight. And God was like, I said, no, I shut it down. And I packed it up. That was hard. That was hard. It was nearly killed me to, to just let go. Just to let, because I'm so used to fighting. And I'm so used to, you know, scrapping down for what I believe in. And I'm, I'm the person that, I'm when I fight, I'm not just fighting for me. I fight for everybody that got treated like me. That's the way I fight. Fight for a whole, for the whole. And But my girlfriend was just the opposite. She would normally just walk away, just run. But instead, God said, no, you're going to stand right there. You're going to sit right there and you're going to take it. And guess what? 
I walked away and I'm happy. She stood there. Now God's releasing her and now she's happy. But he couldn't have released her. She wouldn't have been obedient in the first place. He couldn't have made me happy if I wouldn't have been obedient to walk away in the first place. That, me not fighting, is not my norm. But when I heard God say, that's enough, I said, don't fight. Because I'm telling you, this was about to go all the way bad. He said, don't fight. And I closed my mouth and I walked away. So we got to know when God is calling us. And I'm telling you, what God is calling you to do these days, what God is doing to mature you, it's not going to look like maturity to you. What God is calling you to do to say how to handle things, it's not going to look like, like uh, right to you because it's not going to be your norm. It's not going to be your norm. He wants to know, can you hear my voice above your emotions? Can you hear my voice above the above your own voice in your head? Can you hear my voice above or past your own hurt? Can you hear my voice even though they're ridiculing you and putting you down? Can you hear me on top of all of that? Because guess what? God ain't yelling. He's a gentleman. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's going to tell you just as calm. I didn't tell you to. I didn't tell you to do that. I didn't tell you to say that. I said, walk away. I said, walk away. Just real calm. And if you got all this noise in your head because you feel like you know what you're supposed to be doing right now and you feel like God is sending you to A, B, C, and D when he really said X, Y, and Z, so far apart. So far apart they are, but you feel like he's saying that God is not going to argue with you. He's not going to fight you against your choice. He's going to be very calm. He's just say, I didn't, I didn't say that. Real soft spoken. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. And it's up to you if you're going to listen or not. It's up to you if you're going to be obedient or not to what God is saying to you, or if you're going to hold fast to your old ways because they're your ways. Because that's what you're familiar with. See, some of us, we picked up a lot of things on this journey called life. We picked up a lot of things throughout our experiences. And we don't always willing, uh, we, don't, we don't always know what we've become an unwitting accomplice to. We don't always see the details of what we came into agreement with. But I promise you, if you ask somebody, if you're willing to ask somebody who loves you, do you see anything that maybe I came into agreement with that I probably should let go? And I promise you, when they start their list, you're going to realize that that, that wasn't me. That was so-and-so. Watch. And you're going to be like, that was so-and-so. And that that was so-and-so. And that was so-and-so. You took on their attributes and there's holes. You keep tripping, wondering what's going on. There's holes in your foundation and your relationship with Christ because you've taken on, you become an accomplice to that which you know not. But if you allow a trusted, a trusted loved one, a trusted friend to a trusted spouse to point those things out to you, they can tell you now this right here and this right there. And I promise you, you're going to be playing it back in your mind like, dang, that's so-and-so. That's I'm telling you, I talk to people every day and they'll say something like, like, you know, and, and so-and-so used to do this and so-and-so used to do that. And I stop, I pause. I'm like, oh my God, you do that. And they'd be like, no, I don't. Yeah, you do. You did it here. You did it there. You did it there. You did it there. And they're like, what? Because they thought it was them. They thought it was their personality. They thought it was their habit. They thought it was the way they perceived things. And it absolutely was not. They became an unwitting accomplice. They were a part of something that they are, or a relationship, or they went to a place that they no longer go, the people that they no longer see, uh, but something, something infiltrated and it became them. It became a part of them and they unwillingly didn't took it on, not even knowing and unwittingly, they didn't know. They didn't have any idea that that was actually them. I promise you, look back at some of your behaviors and you're going to find out some of us, we can look back and say, oh my God, that's my mom. Don't do that. Don't do that. You know, that didn't work for me and that surely didn't work for, don't do that. There are a lot of things as I've grown 
that I've come to understand what my parents meant by certain things. And then there's some things and I could transfer and I could teach it to my children. But then there's some things I was like, don't do that. That didn't work for you, sweetie. Don't do that. So you can't take everything. You can't always take everything. And sometimes we need to look back. And this is one of those times that we need to look back over our lives and begin to understand our, our habits, our, 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 the way we do things. Why do we do it that way? Who taught us that? Where do we get that from? And I promise you, if you ask God, if you do you want it this way? Do you want me to respond that way? Because this is the way I would not see. I, like I said, I'm normally fight, fight, fight. And God was like, no, no, I don't want you to do that. That's so easy for you because you're so confrontational. The hard thing for you is going to be to sit there and take it as long as I say, take it and then walk away. And that was hard. I'm going to tell you that was difficult. That was difficult. But God said, when he told me to walk away, that was harder. And for my girlfriend, I watched her go through it. That was hard. That those kind of things, when you won't do it God's way, but you want God, God to drive. He'll begin, if you, if you give God permission, he'll drive those things out of you. He'll be like, I said, like he told her, no, I said, you're going to sit here. That was hard. I'm telling you, that was hard. I watched her go through it. It was hard for her. I watched, she watched me go through it. It was hard for me. But we went through it and we couldn't complain and we couldn't whine and we just had to sit and we just had to take it until God gave release on both of our parts. God wants to give you release. He wants to personally escort you into the newness of your destiny and of your purpose, things that you've never seen before, things you've never done before. But he cannot do that if he can't trust you to hear him and then obey. If he can't trust you to step away, he can't do that if he can't trust you as Joshua to not make a treaty with the old things, the things you're supposed to kill. You Here you are, you done came into a relationship with it. And now you're that accomplice and you know it. You know it. I, I mean, really, you know, people say, I hear people sometimes say, I dare you to praise him. I dare you. No, no, no. You're either going to praise him or you're not. But I do, I do dare you. I do dare you to ask God. Ask God when you're doing something. Uh, is this what you, do you still want it like this? Is this what you want? I promise you he's going to answer you. I promise you because I told you he's going to answer you. He's going to answer you. He's going to answer you. Just sit there and wait. Don't do nothing until you hear an answer. He's going to answer you and he, he might tell you yes, or he might, and he says, still small voice, still small voice. So you have to quiet your spirit. Some of us can't quiet our spirit above our own noise, the noise in our head. You have to quiet your spirit. There's a level of quietness that you can get to where you can literally just hear the Holy Spirit and he's speaking like this. He can speak so low and you hear him. He's talking just like that. Real low, real low. So if you have all this noise, if you haven't yet learned to quiet your spirit, then you're not going to be able to hear him when he speaks to you. If you haven't yet learned patience, you won't be able to hear him when he speaks to you because you won't be there. You will have left the building. So we want to have, we want to be very careful, extremely careful, and make sure that we are uh, now, so you're under the sound of my voice, you heard it now, so you're responsible for it. You're responsible for what you do and how you do what you do. You're very responsible for that now because you heard me, you heard me. You can drop off if you want, but you already heard it. You are responsible for what you do and how you do what you do. Nobody is going to trespass your choice and nobody is responsible for your choices but you. I'm not responsible for your choice and you're not responsible for mine. Whatever decision I make, that's what me and God, whatever decision you make, you got to answer to God for that. All the, You know why? And I, and I, that was a hard lesson to learn because as a prophet, sometimes we want to drag people to the finish line because we can see it and they can't. But I, I had to learn the hard way that you can't drag nobody into the into the promises of God. You can't drag anybody into the purpose of God. You can only you can only tell them what God is saying or show them what God is saying. And then they have to make a decision. And the decision that they make, what I had to accept is 
this decision is theirs, but the consequences are theirs as well. And that's hard sometimes because when you read in the Old Testament, a lot of times when the prophets were warning the people and the people didn't listen, guess what? When the people suffered, the prophets were still alive. They had, they suffered too. They got toted off too because the people didn't want to listen. And sometimes I don't want to be toted off. Sometimes I don't feel like being toted. Come on. Sometimes you, you know, you don't, you don't feel like you like, I don't want to go. I don't want, I, I told you not to do, and here we are in this big mess, you know, so you don't want to be told at all. So I, so all you can do is pray for people, pray that they see and hear God clearly, but understand their choice. You've got to understand this, their choice is their choice. And you don't get to trespass their choice because God won't trespass their choice. And God will protect you through the consequences. He'll, he'll, he'll seal you. He'll give you new understanding. He'll give you a lesson. He won't let you go through it for nothing. He'll give you a lesson in the situation, in the circumstances. I've been in companies and they make all kinds of decisions based on those top leaders and those C-suites. And they're making the decisions that are best for them, but are not best for the people. But I can promise you that God always worked it together for my good. He always does. He always works it together for our good. So I want you to be very careful in your consideration of your actions, very careful in your consideration of what God has for you, because yes, he wants to, I see your comments. Yes. He wants to get, he wants to release you. He wants you, but he has to be able to trust you. See, we gone are the days where we think we're going somewhere and we haven't moved an inch. He wants to be able to trust you. He wants to be able to trust you above your emotions, above your feelings, above all that, all the noise of the world, above the noise that's in your head. He wants to be able to trust you and he can't move you to the next thing if he can't trust you to hear him right here. He can't trust you to, he can't even trust you to consult him right here, right here with one thing. So he can't give you the many and he wants to give you many blessings. Come on, he's trying to make up for what you think is lost time. It's in his timing, but he's trying to make up for what you think is lost time. He's trying to give you uh, many blessings, many blessings, but you won't take the time to align yourself with his will and purpose and make sure that you are doing things the way that he wants things done. If you're not hearing him now, you're not going to hear him there. If you can't talk to one person right, he's not going to give you 18 to talk to right because you didn't learn with the one. I'm talking to leaders. If he didn't for individuals. If he didn't, he's not going to give you companies to run. No, he's not because you ain't learned to sit and be obedient at the company you're at. You can't, you won't manage another man's thing. So he's not going to give you anything of your own because you won't be disciplined over another man's thing, another person's thing. You're the company's thing. We show up late for work because we don't like it no more. I've, I've ran into all of that. I didn't want to be, but I was there on time and I was in my place and God has blessed me to not have to go keep, keep going down that route, but you gotta, you gotta be able to hear God. I'm, I promise you, it's it's not the easiest, but it's definitely not the hardest. It's definitely not the hardest. You'll be so happy on the end, at the end of the matter, if you listen to God now, if you ask God now. You don't want to be the person that's in the pulpit that's being reprimanded before the world because you didn't learn the discipline now. So the grace of God says, we're not doing that no more. I want you to get the discipline now. When you show me that you can hear me now, then I will move you into your your uh, your purpose. But if you're not going to take the time, if you don't think it's needful that you consult me and that you talk to me and that you align with me and that you make sure that you're even giving me what I want. Who is in a relationship today with anyone and they're accepting something that 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 they don't want? Who does that? We don't do that to each other. So why are we doing that to God? Why are we so apt to give God something that he doesn't want? We're trying to force it down his throat. Oh, you're going to take this service. Oh, yes, you are. You're going to take this dance. This dance I'm giving every Sunday at 10.05. You're going to take this dance. And you definitely going to take this shout. This shout that I give you every Sunday at 1.35 p.m., you're going to take this shout. I bet you're going to. And you, we really think that God is tolerating that? No, ma'am. No, sir. You're on your own. No, ma'am. No, sir. God is left. He's not going to beg you for your attention or affection. He's not going to beg you for a relationship, but he did make a way for you to have it. 
free of charge. Salvation is free of charge. But the maintenance of a relationship, we know what that looks like in the earth realm. So let's not act like we, we're going to uh, play God cheap. And like, we're going to give him any old thing because that's not fair. That's not fair to him. And that's not, listen, we can, we can go around and, you know, say it don't take all of that. It don't take all of that. But you know, I'm still with the old folks when they said holiness is still right. Cause holiness is still right. It's still right. It's still necessary. It's still necessary. No, you're not going to get it right every day, but dad, can we try? Can we look like we care enough about our relationship with God to make an attempt to talk to him about what we're doing and how we're doing it and make sure that that's what God wants and then give him a moment to answer? Now, if he doesn't answer, that don't mean jump up and do what you want. That don't mean jump up and do. Listen, sometimes we could we know what God wants by just looking at our previous patterns and the, and the outcomes. Just look at if the way you did A, you always did A that way, and it was never successful. That should tell you right there, God don't want that. God don't want that. I, I did it like that for years, just A over and over, same way, and it was never successful. So we don't have to ask God about that. We could, What we can ask God is, okay, but can you show me how to do it the right way, though? Show me what is what will be pleasing to you. What would be that sacrifice that would smell sweet in your nostrils? Can you can we ask God that? Can we act like we care about our relationship with God and stop just handing God what we think He wants and stop giving God what we want, trying to make it what He wants? Because you know God wants me to be happy and God wants me to be blessed. Come on now, let's not let's let's treat God with the respect that He deserves. Let's give our relationship with God the respect that it deserves, and no longer be that unwitting accomplice. I'm going to stop there because I got more, but I'll just continue that on next week, and we will talk next week. But before you go, let me pray with you. God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you today for life. I thank you for health and strength, and I thank you for peace. I thank you for joy that's everlasting. I thank you for your grace that has bought us, taught us, and kept us thus far. But now, God, we come to you, God, and we're asking you, God, to show us us. Show us what we're doing that is bringing offense to you and cause us to be able to hear your new instructions for us and your new direction for us. Give us discipline in our spirit and in our flesh to obey you. Give us a, a, a knowing, a knowing, a discerning to know what we have taken on that is unwittingly, that has made us an accomplice to another sin. Help us, God, to not be so quick to uh, enter into agreement with another. God, I, I, I ask you today, God, to feel those insecurities with your love and with your peace. Those insecurities that were birthed out of experiences that uh, are a result of our choices. Cleanse and purge those insecurities out of us that drive us, that drive us in that rejected state that we would take any hand and any tree to be a part of God. Cause us to know and comprehend that you are enough, that you are enough. Cause us, God, to comprehend our ability to walk worthy of the vocation wherein we are called through a decision, through a made-up mind. Cover our hearts with your blood so that we don't allow the enemy to infiltrate under the guise, under the guise of peace, under the guise of hope, under the guise of trust. But cause us, oh God, to know you, know you in the pardon of our sin and come to a realization that you literally sent your son to die so that we might have relationship with you and help us to value relationship. In Jesus' name, I pray and I thank you, God. I thank you, God. Listen, if you would like to donate to this podcast, then the information is at the bottom of your screen. I thank you so much for joining me on today. 
I thank you for just taking the time out to hear what God is saying today. And I want you to think on that thing. And I mean, think about what God is requiring of you and what you may have taken on that is absolutely not you. It's not you. It's not you. You've taken it on from another. You've taken it on from experiences that you've had in your lifetime. But now it is time for you to let that thing go. Stop allowing the enemy to protect you against yourself and let that thing go. Let it go. You, ma'am or sir, according to the song that I've written, are an instrument of praise. You're an instrument of praise. Repeat that over and over to yourself. If it's not something that's giving God praise, you don't do that thing. You are an instrument of praise. Go and download that signal today and be blessed. See you guys. <laughs> Thank you.